0: What could I Regardless of what's going on in our world, that you're on the throne, that you're in control of our lives, you're in control of every situation, that there's still nothing that's too difficult for you. We thank you for your presence here today. Lord, we pray that as we turn to your word today, that you would cause it to come alive and to speak to us, the challenges of what our response should be in our world in this time, in the unique situations and challenges that face us, that may have caught us by surprise, but haven't at all. Caught you by surprise. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for for your presence. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for guiding and directing us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you, before you're seated, give a hand to our worship team this morning for leading us in worship. That's awesome. You can be seated this morning. Uh, I was looking around this morning, and uh, from the back, just... uh, is just, just put a big smile on my face for a lot of reasons. Number one, we put out extra rows of chairs. You may have thought when you came in, why would you do that spring break? There's people that are traveling. There's students that have gone home. There's coronavirus, people not coming today. And we did it so people could spread out, and yet still, you know, there's people on like four rows today. That's awesome. It just makes me smile. Uh, like I said, at the beginning of the service, you're here because you're not too concerned about it. And uh, that's, that's awesome. Another reason it made me smile is because there's about 25 of us here in the building today or so, and uh, that's, that's awesome because some of you haven't been here long enough to remember when this service would average about 25 people, and some of you guys haven't been here long enough to remember when we only had one service, and that didn't ever have 25 people. It had about 19 people that were here, and we didn't have worship that sounded that good and a worship team. We didn't have three people in the sound booth doing all the things that we have, and so it's just awesome. God's good. And it's exciting to be here. And I'm not discouraged by the fact that there's people here or not people here. I'm just excited that we're here and that we get to gather together today. There's a, a time this week where I, we've been planning and preparing and, and communication with the board and the staff and different scenarios. We were preparing for whatever situation we would face, including if it was just going to be myself and the staff here recording a video that we posted later for you or whatever that may be but uh, I'm thankful that we're here and uh, that God is is in control and he's moving and we're going to just uh, continue and uh, and, uh, believe that he's in control and uh, see what he has for us today. We are not going to pass an offering plate though today just uh, because we're not going to pass anything down the rows that would spread anything from one person to another. We are here and we do trust God, but we are going to Use some sound mind, wisdom, and judgment today and some things that we do. So there is an offering plate and a sign in the back over there. And if you'd like to, to give on your way out today, you can do that. Many of you already give online. And so if you don't want to touch an envelope today because you're that concerned, then you can you can choose to give online, and that's perfectly fine today as well. There's there's uh, about four different ways that you can do that. Uh, and uh, if you go to our website, that's the easiest way to find information there. You can also text to give. There's all kinds of stuff. But if you want to turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. We were there last week, and uh, we're going to start there today. And Really, what I want to preach to you about is what happens in Nehemiah chapter 3. But it's a long list of of things that we're not going to read the entirety of it. But I want to start in 2, 17 and 19, and then we'll talk about what happens in chapter 3 as a result. So during the weeks that have been leading up to Easter, we're talking about being a church that's all in. It's the title of our vision campaign for our church. God's given us a really big vision to reach our community in a greater way by building a new building. And you can just look around today and see we need a a much bigger building. Gotta have a sense of humor. Every week, we've been looking at how we can play a part in the process. Not only in the process of building a new church building, but the process of becoming the church that will reach the community in ways that we've never been able to before. As I've watched the developments of the last several weeks unfold in our world, I've asked myself and asked the Lord, are these the sermons, uh, the, the ones that I've been planning and preparing, this all in series, are they the right thing for me to be preaching at this time in our world? Even this week, I wrestled a little bit with is this the right series? Is this the right sermon? So some changes here and there, but, but you, know, you may have thought it was kind of humorous last week that I preached about being contagious Christ followers and uh, living contagiously. That was actually something that I planned long before I knew anything about uh, the coronavirus or any of this stuff going on. And then as the week uh, has progressed, it's kind of hitting us a little closer to home and, and uh, there's precautions being enacted and all this kind of stuff. But as I wrestled with those questions, are these the right messages for what's going on in our world, I felt the Holy Spirit just remind me that it's about us becoming the kind of church that God wants us to become, not just building the building that we need to build. And right now, in our world, as much or maybe even more so than ever, the world needs the church to rise up and to be the church. Yesterday, I was on a video conference call with the governor and those uh, those pastors from all over the state that, that joined in on that call, and he shared about how the virus has been something that's been on their radar for. For a long time, before it was on our minds, it was on theirs, and they've been working on this. But I shared as we started the service, the most striking part of the conversation was when we began to talk about you know, the precautions and, and the safety and all those kinds of things and, and whether we should even have services today. And the governor said, we need the church to pray. We need all the prayers that you can muster. And he said that the world needs to hear your messages of hope. And it struck me, the reality is that the world needs the church. In these times with what's going on in our world, not just the events of the last couple of weeks, but the events that are going on in our world in general, the world needs the church. Not just a Sunday gathering, but the world, our world, needs us to be the church. They need hope. They need to know that there's peace and presence of God. They need to know that we're not alone and that there's a life in Christ that surpasses all the fear and anxiety and the questions that we may have. And that's exactly what this sermon series is about, about being the church, not just building a building, but God is building us into the church that our community needs us to be. Don't forget the reason that we exist is because people in Laramie need to experience not a new church building, but they need to experience new life in Christ. And without a doubt, a new building will be able to help us reach more people and impact and disciple the next generation in a greater way and meet needs in our community in ways that we're not able to do without those things. But here's the thing. If we're not the church that God wants us to be, those things will never happen anyways. Amen. Yeah. With or without the building. God knew the kind of year that 2020 was going to be long before we had any idea. And God knows the challenges that lie ahead, and we can't even imagine... And if we, if we knew all that God knew, we probably wouldn't even want to start this year. Yeah. But he knows the kind of church that our world needs today, and he knows the kind of world that our church and our community is going to need going forward. And our prayer is that God's building us into that. So we've talked over the last several weeks about praying diligently and living contagiously, and we're going to continue over these next three weeks. I challenge you, it's, it's more than just a vision campaign about a building, it's about us. Becoming who God needs us to be because of the community that we're in. He's placed us where we are for such a time as this. And I believe he's preparing us to be the church that meets the needs of our community and our world. And so if you've missed any of those previous messages, go back. You can watch and you can listen to those. We have the videos posted live on Facebook. We have the audio podcast that you can download and listen to on your phone, however you'd like to do that. But today I want to talk about being all in by serving wholeheartedly. And you may be surprised to hear that. You're thinking serving? What in the world we're we talking about? Serving? You thought you were maybe coming to church today for a feel-good and message and hear that an upbeat, you know, thought about how the world's not gonna end and God's an ever-present help in time of need. Well, I have good news. The world isn't ending yet, and God is an ever-present help in time of need. <laughs> But, church, I'm glad to encourage you and proclaim the promises of God with you and for us to pray and be built up in our faith. But I also believe that God's desire is not for us just to come here and experience for ourselves and to, to soak it all up and, and have it for us, but to remember that there's a world in need that needs to see us in action. And that's what being the church is all about. And we see this in Nehemiah. We see it in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. We're going to read it together. It said, we read it last week, it'll be up on the screens for you. He said I uh, then I said to them you see the trouble we're in Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire Now Nehemiah is looking at Jerusalem he's looking at the situation that he's heard about and he's gone and evaluated himself I think that we can look around our world and we can relate to this today We can see the needs that there are in our world we can see just looking around that there is a world in need we're hearing the news reports about a world in need we're seeing with our eyes craziness that's happening around us and it's the result of it's the evidence of a world in need so nehemiah says come let us rebuild the wall of jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace and i also told them about the gracious hand of my god on me and what the king had said to me and they replied let us start rebuilding so they began this good work so nehemiah is talking to a group of people whose world was in ruins and on fire and I don't know uh, what the stock market does when your capital city is literally burning, but I bet it probably was doing something like what ours has been doing over the last couple weeks. Yet Nehemiah doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't declare it an impossible situation. The Bible, In the Bible times, the meaning of your name was, was hugely significant. Uh, people would name their kids things that they wanted them to live up to, and they they, they had names based on things that had happened, and encounters that they had with God and, and prophetic names that they would give to their kids. And I don't know if anyone knows what the name Nehemiah means, but Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts. And we think about Nehemiah and his life and all that he did and the rebuilding, and often that's all that we think about is just the rebuilding, but Nehemiah was 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 the person who brought the comfort of Yahweh to a people. God brought comfort to people in Jerusalem through the life and the faith of Nehemiah, the life that he lived. Nehemiah was at times in need of comfort himself. He probably wished that he could go to church on a Sunday when he had just seen the ruins in Jerusalem and just be built up himself rather than encourage others, so let's go and rebuild the wall. But Nehemiah's purpose was to be the one that brought the comfort of Yahweh and I believe in our world that's our purpose as well. He was at times in need of comfort himself, but he didn't dwell on it. Instead, he called others to join him going all in to serve others and to serve God. And God used it to bring comfort to Nehemiah and to others as they discovered a purpose in their own pain. We talked about this a little bit last week. He had an attitude that was contagious as he declared the promise of God and he called people to act in faith. Well, Nehemiah chapter 3, which is really the heart of what I want to get at today, and we're not going to read the whole thing because it's a list of family after family that worked alongside other families and joined together to rebuild the wall. You can go and you can read that entire third chapter, and it'll bring excitement to you. You see all the people that are joining in, and he lists the people that work. It's pretty awesome. They began to serve, and they began to find the part of the wall that, was in ruins, that they could rebuild, and they began to meet the needs in their city, and they went to work serving in whatever way that they could. They served wholeheartedly. These were people whose lives were also impacted by the fact that the city was in ruins, but they understood that they could serve and they could make a difference. So they did. They served wholeheartedly. Sure, there were people around in need, but their own spirits had been crushed, and they were probably in need of some encouragement and some hope, but they found it as they began to serve. They had suffered loss. They had lived in fear of an enemy that opposed them. They were even having to work with a a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other, but they continued serving. They were uncertain of exactly how the future was going to play out. Does any of this sound familiar to you? There's people that are experiencing this today. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online, and you're asking these same questions about our world today. Nehemiah responded by leading them in serving. He's calling people to action. Come on, let's be a part of the solution. Let's be the people of God. Let's be the ones that bring the comfort of Yahweh in the midst of a crisis talked to a lot of people over the last few weeks and I've seen social media posts and heard conversations and as much as we all want to operate from a place of faith the reality is that many of us have a lot of questions and concerns there's different levels of worry that are associated with that some of you may be here today and you may think well I just don't think this is a really big deal and that's, that's awesome. I'm glad that you have that confidence and, and that faith. There's other people around you that are worrying a great deal and, and are suffering with fear and anxiety. And, and they wonder how bad it will be before it gets better. Everyone likes a week off of school. Spring break was already coming. But what happens after that? Those are questions that we're asking. There's financial uncertainty. People that are close to retirement or were depending upon their retirement accounts for this season of life. They're wondering what's going to happen financially. Will this affect my paycheck, now concerns grow as people begin to to heed the precautions, and fewer people are are going out, fewer people are eating out, fewer people are are doing certain things, although the grocery stores are making bank right now. (laughs) But people are asking, and small business owners are asking, is my company safe? Is my job safe? Will I be able to buy the things that I need to take care of my family? What do I do if I get sick? It's all just fun and memes until someone I care about is in need. Will there be enough tests? There's a lot of things that we can worry about. All around us, there's people that are worrying about these things and more. They have these questions. Just turn on the television if you dare. Open social media, and you'll see and hear the worry and the stress and the concern. And My desire today isn't to add to the concern. My desire is twofold. I hope to challenge you that you can be a part of the solution. You can be the person that brings the comfort of Yahweh to an incredibly difficult situation. And the other thing is to encourage you that the same way Nehemiah processed his pain and turned it into a purpose, you can do the same thing by serving others that are around you. So there's just two things that I want to share with you and challenge you with today. And the first is that we can sit or we can serve. We can sit or we can serve. Nehemiah had reason to worry. Remember at the beginning of the book, he heard the news about Jerusalem, and he sat down and he wept and he mourned. He wasn't a person that was unaffected by what was going on in the world around him. Then remember in chapter 2, the king noticed that Nehemiah was sad. It was like the first time that he'd ever been sad in the presence of the king. This was impacting Nehemiah heavily. Nehemiah could have wallowed in that worry, but instead he determined to go to work could have sat on the sidelines in the palace of the king we talked about this a couple weeks ago but he instead chose to go and to serve and to lead others in serving you and i can look around us in our world and we can worry or we can work we can choose to sit or we can choose to serve but the people that god wants to use to make a difference are the ones who will choose to work rather than to worry and to serve rather than to sit people will notice when we refuse to serve but god also knows there are a lot of reasons that we can choose to serve or not to serve. Worry will, will keep us from serving if we'll allow it to. Jesus addressed worry in Matthew chapter 6. He said this in Matthew six twenty five through 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes and toilet paper. Oh wait, I might have added that. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think someone needs to hear that today. That You can spend all your time worrying about if you're going to be able to buy toilet paper ever again or how long it will be until they have frozen pizzas back at the grocery store or when are you going to be able to get some hand sanitizer or do you have to steal it from the doctor's office when you go for a visit or can you trust God to take care of you and meet your needs because God is the creator of the universe, that God. And he cares about us. He cares about you. Jesus goes on to say in verse 30 and 34 of Matthew 6, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, and then thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God already knows the needs that you have to. God already knows the fears and the concerns and the anxieties and the worries that you face. But he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Are we going to have toilet paper at Walmart next week? I don't know. Are we going to be able to meet here for church next week? I don't know. Is God on the throne regardless of what happens, regardless of what tomorrow is going to bring? Yes, he is. And that's all that we have to concern ourselves with. When we refuse to worry, but we seek first God's kingdom, then we'll find it easier to truly be the church that God has called us to be. We'll stop worrying about ourselves. We'll stop worrying about our needs and our wants. And when are we going to have what we want and get the things that we think that we need? We begin to say, God, what about your kingdom in the midst of this situation? What can I do to make a difference to people around me? What if I stopped stockpiling staples and shared with a neighbor in need? That's a way to turn worry into the kind of work that God's calling us to do in our community. What if we picked up some groceries for an elderly person that probably doesn't need to get out, that is more at risk? What if we provided lunch for some kids in need that normally get lunch from school but aren't sure where it's coming from during spring break? or if school were to be postponed longer? What if we said, I only have 40 rolls of toilet paper, but my neighbor has none. Maybe I can spare a couple of of little individual sheets of toilet paper, or maybe a few rolls for my neighbors that need them, and in some way demonstrate the love of God to a neighbor that I've been inviting to church. And I don't really want to, to give it, but I will because I can worry or I can work. I can sit or I can serve. What if I signed up to serve at the Easter egg hunt on Palm Sunday, three weeks away from today? I don't really like kids, but I'll do it one time because I would rather serve than I would to sit. And maybe it makes a difference in the life of somebody in Laramie that sees a church that loves its community. I wonder what kind of difference we could make in Laramie if we spent as much time serving other people as we did sitting at home watching network news. One of those things will make us worry And the other is doing the work that God wants us to do. What could God do with a couple hundred people that decide to serve instead of sit and they begin to find ways inside the church and outside the church to be used by God to rebuild broken places in our community and to rebuild broken lives. Just here at New Life, we have a lot of ways that you can serve. Worship team, it was awesome to see Melissa join the worship team today for the first time and be a part. We'd love to have other people come and be a part of the worship team. There's, there's a lot of opportunity. It seems like we have all the worship team we need. Well We have four drummers and three bass players and all this kind of stuff. They don't need me. And they, they don't need the little bit that I can offer on the worship team. We would love to have you on the worship team. Talk to Autumn. She's here today. She came to the service today just because she heard I was going to talk about serving. And she didn't want to miss it. She wants to sign you up. Kids ministry. Dakota's right there. She'd love to talk to you about kids ministry. We have opportunities on Wednesday nights. On Sunday mornings at events like the Easter egg hunt for you to get involved. We'd love to have you serve on the audio, video team in the sound booth. And we do rotations so you can serve sometimes once a month just to be involved. Maybe God's given you a talent like graphics or cooking or painting or building. You can use those talents to serve. We have a security team. Mike's back there in the back. He'd love to see you and, and talk to you about the security team and how you can be a part of keeping us safe while we're here at church. We have youth ministry. Pastor Hannah's here. She'd love to talk to you about serving regularly in youth ministry or for events or different ways. There's ushers and greeters and men's ministry and women's ministry. If you want to serve, we'll find a place and a way that you can serve. But God hasn't just called us to serve inside the church. Amen. There's opportunity for ministry Other places. Maybe it's by loving your neighbor. Maybe it's by finding a need on your street and filling it. What is it that God is calling you to do? All of us can play a part. All of us can do something. All of us choose whether to sit or whether to serve. This clipboard right here is a great opportunity for you to sign up. I've talked about a lot of different things today. On this side is the connection card. If you're a guest, we ask our guests to fill this out. Most of you here have been here before, and so this part is probably more applicable to you. I would like prayer for, how can we pray for you? I would like to sign up for, I'd like to sign up for the the Palm Sunday Easter egg hunt three weeks from today. We're going to have different fields by different age groups, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt after each of the three services at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. And we'd love for you to be a part of that and sign up to help. Even if it's just with one Easter egg hunt, to help monitor one field that day would be awesome. We, we're going to need extra ushers and greeters on Palm Sunday and Easter because we're going from two services to three. So it requires a little bit more of people to work and be a part and, and to serve that day. Our choice on Palm Sunday and Easter for those three services is to go to three services or to turn people away. And we're, we're looking forward to the future. We believe that God is going to lead us and he is leading us. To go all in towards building a building that won't require us to have three or four or five or however many services we would need to have as we grow in order to meet the needs of our community. But for now, we just feel like God's God's bringing people here and we don't want to turn them away. So we're asking for help on those two Sundays. Can Can you find a place to serve on Palm Sunday and Easter? Or even just one of those, it would be awesome. We need people that will even serve By doing something as simple as saying, hey, you know what, I realize not a lot of people want to come to 8 o'clock service. And not a lot of new people want to come to 8 o'clock service. And not a lot of people with kids want to come to 8 o'clock service. So you know what, I would be willing to come to 8 o'clock service even though I don't want to, to create some seats in the 9.30 and the 11 o'clock service. That's an incredible way for you to serve. I encourage you. if, If that's all that you can do, that would make a huge difference as well. The second thing that I want to challenge you with is that we can slave or we can serve. Mm -hmm. Nehemiah had been a slave in the house of the king. Probably not an altogether terrible position. There were probably moments where he thanked God that he was able to be a slave in the house of the king. He probably convinced himself that he had it made pretty good, but the reality was he was still a slave, but Nehemiah discovered that he would rather serve God than to be a slave to an earthly king. Psalm eighty four ten says, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God. That's an, an encouragement for you to sign up as a greeter, than to live the good life in the homes of the wicked. One of my favorite all time quotes from Martin Luther said and I've shared it before, you may have heard it, you may be sick of hearing it, but it's awesome. He says, when you discover what you will be in your life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. Don't just set out to do a good job. Set out to do such a good job that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets. Like, like uh, Shakespeare wrote poetry, sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept so well at his job. How many times in our lives do we slave away for things that aren't worth anything? We'll work 50, 60, 70 hours for a little bit more money. We'll spend time and energy from away, away from the things that really matter the most in our lives. We convince ourselves that it's worth it. We become so consumed with making a living that we forget about the life that God intended for us to live. People ask me all the time, why would I choose to be a pastor? I hear things like, you have a master's degree. You can make so much more money. My answer is always the same. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every life. God calls one person to serve him in one way and another to serve him in another way. And if God has called me to be a pastor, it would be a a dishonor to him to do anything else. It's it's the place and the way that God has called me to serve. I could slave away at a job that makes a lot more money but a whole lot less difference. And I know that I wouldn't be honoring God with my life. Not everyone is called to be a pastor, but all of us are called to serve. Every single one of us must do our part to get the job done. Every single one of us have to put our hands to the task, not just leaders, not just specialists, but every one of us. In fact, Nehemiah's name is not even mentioned in chapter 3. Nehemiah lived contagiously. He inspired others. They put their hands to work. He worked alongside them, but he didn't even do it for the credit himself. It was all about taking note of other people that were serving and working. It takes all kinds of people to get the job done. The great thing is we get to serve together. In Nehemiah, the words next to appear 15 times in it's names of people that worked next to these other names of people, that worked alongside other people, that worked next to other people, and together they accomplished the task. People were working side by side next to each other, and that's a picture of what serving looks like that we all play a part, that we all have different ways and different gifts that we serve and talents that God has given us to, to serve in his kingdom and to be used by him to be the church that he's calling us to be. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 says, Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body are many, so, but though they are one, so it is with Christ. We're all part of the body of Christ, and we all have different functions and different ways. were used when we work together so much more is accomplished than when we work alone in 1950 indy car pit crews consisted of four men including the driver no one was allowed to get near the car except for the small crew of specialists do you know how long it took them to replace two tires and fill the tank back then a good crew could do it close to 60 seconds usually a little longer than 60 seconds. Today an Indy pit crew consists of 11 members excluding the driver, six are permitted direct contact with the car, five serve as behind the wall assistants, so that now a full service pit stop that replaces all four tires, adjusts the wings and tops off the tank, takes less than eight seconds. What? Formula One pit crews are even bigger, sometimes involving over 20 people that all have their role to play. When everyone understands his role, And when everyone on the pit crew does his job with purpose and passion, I want you to look at how fast they can get the job done. Check out this video that shows the difference between 1950 and today. But Holland comes in for a pit stop. Time to refuel and change tires himself changes the tires only four crew members including the driver are allowed to work on the car it's a tense time holland stays in his seat anxious to get away let's watch windshield as Holland moves away just 67 seconds after he stops. or we can serve but God has called us to serve and when we serve together it's incredible what we can accomplish and how efficient we can be and the difference that we can make can you imagine the difference our church could make if we served together to reach this community to make a difference and then God gets the glory Nehemiah 6:15 6, through 16 says this the wall is completed in 52 days and when all our enemies heard about this All the surrounding nations were afraid and disheartened, for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. I don't know if you've ever been to Jerusalem and seen the walls and understood the magnitude of what it was that Nehemiah accomplished with a team of people serving together in just 52 days' time. But it's incredible. It's miraculous. If we're going to build God's kingdom in these desperate times, we have to do it by serving together. The needs are bigger than any one person can meet. It would take more than, than a lifetime, more than all of our lifetimes if we do it on our own, but together we can make a difference. Serving in areas that really matter, we can make a difference for all eternity, not just becoming a slave to something temporary. And I realize we all live our lives. We all have families to provide for. We all have jobs to work and all that's important. But I believe that we can make a difference if we'll find a way to serve. Nehemiah not only made a list of people that served together, but he also talked about those that refused to serve. We don't do anything that we do to be on man's list or get man's recognition. Sometimes we'll serve and no one will notice. But you know who does notice? God notices. God pays attention. I'm not trying to make it onto Nehemiah's list or the Assemblies of God list or the best list of people that serve in Laramie or win any kind of award but I do want to be on God's list of those who made a difference of those who chose not to sit but to serve of those who chose not to slave their life away on temporary things but chose to make a difference for eternity there's not one right way to serve there's not one specific area that you have to serve in God calls us to serve in different ways and in different areas but one thing I know is that saved people serve people So who are you serving? This can be the finest hour for the church. There are people around us who are worried, who are hurting, who are fearful. And it just seems like the latest thing in a hopeless life. But we must rise up and be the church that God's called us to be. To love people, to pray for our country, to live hope-filled lives, to serve others and to trust God. I don't know much about what COVID is doing or not doing, but I know God's on the throne. I don't know if school will be canceled or things will return to normal. I know there's probably a lot of kids praying for school to be canceled for a long time. But there's nothing that we can do that will cancel God's spirit that's in us. There's nothing that we can do that will cancel the calling that God has on our lives for us to, to love and to serve others that are around us. Services and gatherings can be canceled, but you can't cancel church because God is building the church within us. Yeah. We are the church that God's building in Laramie and we can make a difference if we go all in. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. And maybe God's speaking to you about an area to serve at church or in some way, to serve in your community. So many of you serve already, and I I thank you for that. I've said before, I love to preach a message like this to a church that loves to serve already. If you're looking for areas to serve, there are areas. Maybe God's calling you to serve in the church. Maybe he's calling you to serve in the community. Maybe he's calling you to serve a neighbor that's in need. We can make a difference around us. It's not just about what we need internally. It's not just about the needs of our church. It's about the needs around us. It's about what happens when we walk out of the four walls today to people that don't have the hope that we have. I'm challenging you just to listen to the voice of God today and to respond to him. Maybe it's by grabbing one of the clipboards and filling out a card before you leave today and you could drop it in the offering bucket before you go. Maybe it's something else that God's been speaking to you about and is simply obeying him today. God, I thank you for the fact that we have the answers that the world needs. You've given us the hope. You've given us the message of life. You've given us your presence. And, Lord, the world is desperately looking for some some sign of hope. They need our prayers. Our government is asking us to pray. There's people that are looking around for answers. God, I pray that we would live hope-filled lives. God, I pray that we would find ways to serve people. Lord, there's so many that are in need and there's so many simple things that we can do to make a difference. And Lord, by meeting temporary needs in the lives of people, we're demonstrating the love of God and we're making a difference in eternity. So God, whatever it is that you speak to us, I pray that simply we would obey, that we would hear your voice, and that you would use us in incredible ways. Lord, we recognize that three weeks from, to na- from now, from today, that you are going to be sending people here to this church that normally wouldn't come, whether it's for an Easter egg hunt or because of the tradition of coming to church on Easter or whatever it may be. And we have an opportunity that we don't even have to go. They're going to come to us. God, I pray that you would cause people to rise up to serve in incredible ways. That we would serve this community. We would serve people that are far from you. But we continue to pray for at least 20 people that are going to come to know you on Easter Sunday. Lord, we believe that we're going to have 200 people here here that are going to come searching, some of them come worried. some of them come looking for answers, some of them come looking for hope. And Lord, we're going to deliver the hope that there is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the many that are here and the many that are watching online. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us about ways that we can serve our world during this time. I thank you for it, and I thank you in Jesus' name for who you are. Amen.